Okay, welcome to our podcast. We're going to start by introducing each other, I mean ourselves. Um, my name is Lawrence Lam. I go by Ren. My pronouns are he and him. My major is ES, but I'm trying to double major in geography as well. I'm a third year transfer, and a fun fact about me is that I have two little brothers that I get to see soon because I'm going home tomorrow. Yay, exciting. Um, and then, hi, my name is Kathleen, pronouns she, they. Um, I am a third year environmental studies major with a minor in philosophy. And my fun fact is that I'm originally from Washington. All right, so we're making a podcast, obviously. Um, it's for our environmental studies 188 class, environmental ethics, and it's a final project. And in this project, we have to make an argument of some sorts. So we chose to do a podcast debate style. Um, the topic of our debate will be solar geoengineering. Solar geoengineering is a proposed type of climate engineering that takes different forms. One form is spraying sulfur dioxide into the atmosphere to form clouds that could block the sun's radiation. If the radiation is blocked, the sun energy will not be able to warm the earth. Other forms of solar geoengineering exist, but in this podcast we'll be talking about this general idea. Solar geoengineering is not without its controversies, so we have chosen two sides to represent. I have chosen the pro position, and I'm arguing for solar geoengineering. And then I have chosen the con position, so I am arguing against geoengineering, um, and I'll be presenting my side of the case first. And then after she presents her side, I'll talk on my side. After we have both presented our positions, we will have a discussion about the points that we made and anything agree on. Afterwards, we'll come to an end by wrapping up with any concluding thoughts. So I'll let Kat take it away. All right. Exciting. Okay. So um, geoengineering. Wow. Interesting topic that we have here, Ren, and certainly um, a pretty controversial one from some of the stuff that I was reading. Um, so I think that one of the most um, obvious and kind of prevalent cons to geoengineering is um, that relying on um, solar geoengineering or um, SGE, I guess I should say SI, since we're talking about the um, sulfur injection, I'll say um, SI and just know that that's like the sulfide aerosol injection. Um, but I mean, with Psy, basically what we're saying is that we don't need to make these like bigger level system changes because we can just like, you know, kind of inject this and then say, oh, well, it's not really our issue to deal with. Like we just kind of put it up in the sky and now we can like continue to like emit fossil fuels. And there's a lot of stuff at the heart of like the environmental movement right now that's um, kind of moving towards these really transformative and these really kind of like justice and equity forward um propositions like for example um you know regenerative farming like all of these other solutions and that like possibly like solar geoengineering could like detract from that is like one of the biggest worries um and that we could just be stuck in kind of like a green capitalist loop without ever actually like taking down any kind of structures of um oppression and i mean just to back this up in um like this was also or sorry this was in the mclaurin and then also in the riverio um paper it's that um the like sci is also like a very like global north kind of based thing like there's not really um like researchers in the global south too much um there's been some efforts to extend that but you know it's still been pretty minimal and the um like it's still very tied to the global north but basically 
what you're seeing is a bunch of scientists in the global north who are very insulated from like the climate impacts who are deciding on kind of like a last ditch effort that doesn't really like look at the root problems of like why we're in a climate emergency in the first place and that doesn't put the people who have been so unserved or underserved at um the heart of that and additionally it also puts um people who are more reliant on um like local climates being like consistent running in because one of the things that Psy can do is um they haven't looked at like the regional impacts when like they first deploy it and like that can have some pretty like drastic weather impacts like um on the ground which can be like super harmful for like communities who could be like devastated by like those smaller impacts like obviously the climate is changing wholesale but still keeping that in mind and then um we're also like pretty stressed about um like fossil fuel co-op and so in the latest um the six ipcc report um if you haven't gotten to check that out yet wow that's a doozy um so hmm. but they wrote up um that they being like the scientists who put together on um, the IPCC report were um, saying like, oh, like misinformation has played a huge role in climate denial. So starting, you know, as early back, even further than like, like prominently in the 1970s, like fossil fuel companies knew that climate change was a thing. Um, but in lieu of like strong government action, they went on the opposition. Like they were kind of like ready to like do the right thing, but then like government kind of like fell through and like no one could agree. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll just like, you know, be the bad guy now. Um, so I'm sure that you've kind of noticed that um, there's like climate delay kind of going on now. It's like what more and more environmentalists are calling it because now it's about, okay, how can I continue to, you know, essentially like get crude oil into cash in my hand and how can I continue to do that before the entire climate falls apart and how can I do that for as long as possible um and I feel like that that's like one huge worry with this um like psi technology is okay is this going to be something that the fossil fuel companies latch on to to be like look we're doing this like great amazing thing we're preventing climate change where like the earth isn't going to like drastically warm like I mean they could honestly paint themselves in a plethora of ways a lot of them making them look like possible like good world citizens that they are you know doing like the most and all that can be done um for climate solutions when in reality we know that there are more um there are other solutions that are maybe less tangible in the sense of um like quickness like size kind of like uh it feels more like a knee jerk like you can get um like obviously it's a huge project but it's like it's less um you don't have to break the structures that we're already in. Like it kind of can flex and allow for that. Um, so that's like one of my easily biggest concerns. Um, and then of course the bottom line, bum, ba, da, dum, they call it a climate solution, but it doesn't actually solve climate change. So by putting um, like these sulfide aerosols into the air, we are not capturing carbon, which needs to be done. And we're also not cutting carbon emissions. So we're, um, not like making these we're not addressing like like we're trying to um like a bathtub is like blocked like there's like um what is it called like a drain plug in it and like it's like it's like the like faucet is on like full blast and we're like like we're trying we're either avoiding turning off the faucet or avoiding like pulling the drain plug and like we're trying to find like some other like really construed way to get around those but like inevitably those are like going to be the two sort of solutions that we have. Um, and also the problem with size is that like it kind of, it takes up like a ton of, um, or it takes up a lot of like 
research and resources in that way. And then if we do deploy it, it's not like a like one time, like, oh, cool. Now we don't ever have to do that again. It's like, it's like, oh, like now, okay, next year we're going to have to do even more because we haven't cut carbon. Now we need even more in the atmosphere to reflect even more sunlight. And then if something does go wrong or like one of the years isn't able to pilot, um, that would lead to like, you know, a drastic like climate warming because now you have a much higher um, like concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere. Right. But Ren, those are my thoughts. Um, so I think that, you know, geoengineering or solar geoengineering, like it certainly it certainly has its risk. But I would love I would love to hear what you found in terms of some pros. All right. That was beautifully and eloquently put, Kat. Thank you. Um, my argument falls more along the lines of we having an urgency to act now rather than later. So James Konka, who is a senior scientist at UFS Ventura, writes that there is no way we can cut emissions in the next 20 years to avoid the worst effects brought by climate change. So obviously, we're going to have to do something now. And yes, while it is true that we do not know what is exactly going to happen, and we don't know the side effects this may produce, we really have to do something sooner rather than later. And I think this thought came to me while we were discussing the extinction in class. Once a species is gone, it's really gone forever. There's no bringing it back. We can bring it almost back, like 99% if everything falls into place, but it's never like 100% back. And that's my fear for inaction right now, is that we might run out of time or we might have waited too long to do anything and some things may have become irreversible. So really, I think it's about what we want to risk. Do we want to risk the unknown side effects that may happen now if we implement solar geoengineering? Or do we want to risk losing something we may not be able to get back in the future? It's like a lose-lose situation, like a pick-your-poison type of scenario, right? Um, another big argument I see on the con side is that doesn't address the root problem, which you went over. I found that a lot of articles supporting the pro side calls us to pair both solar geoengineering and emission cutting together as one. In an article written by David Keefe and Peter Irvine, they say that solar geoengineering as a replacement or thinking as a replacement for cutting emissions isn't effective at all. Instead, if we thought about them together with emission cuts, we should able to develop better policies and have more clear focus on what needs to be researched. And there's a lot of research that has to be done. Peter Irvine also worked on another article that kind of summarized solar geoengineering and earth system sciences. In it, he shares that volcanoes are often used as an analogy by supporters behind solar geoengineering. The claim is that volcanoes have cooled the earth in the past with their eruptions. Mount Pinatubu is a notorious example that erupted in the 1900s. The year after was dubbed the year of no summer. But these volcanoes aren't going to work the same way as artificial aerosols would. In this article, Irvine claims that there's more research that needs to be done on how aerosols will interact with each other and the clouds. So there's a lot more research that has to be done, and I think our focus should be on that as well. And... We also don't have to fear solar geoengineering become a permanent cast for us. And I use the word cast because in a different article, David Keefe reminds us that we don't have to rely on it forever after we implement it. There's going to be an eventual shutdown if we 
do things right. So if anything, if we we can see it as more of a crutch instead of a cast to help us to get us to a stage in which we are emitting at a more sustainable rate. And that's all for my research and findings. And now we will move on to our discussion portion. Um, so I really like the point that you brought up research. And I feel like that this is one of the things that's kind of like, it's what like makes or breaks the geoengineering kind of fence. Cause like no matter what, it's a pretty perilous fence, but like, I definitely think, um, that like, you know, we're already seeing a lot of climate delay and like the, at the end of the day, like we're not like, you know, we aren't cutting emissions tomorrow. Let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. like, they were telling us to do that back in like 2015. Um, so one of the pieces that I read, um, the Stefan's and, um, surprise piece, um, they were kind of saying like, we don't condone like anyone looking into geoengineering research at all. And I feel like that I maybe don't a hundred percent agree with that. And like the McLaurin article that I read was like more open to research. And I think that like understanding the impacts a little bit more would be like very helpful but i also i just worry about time allocation what are your thoughts right definitely i think if anything we must do some sort of research we don't have to implement it right away like right now because obviously there's a lot that we don't know but if we're gonna do some type of research i think that would be acceptable for now our main focus really should be on cutting emissions like you Mm -hmm. said and solar geoengineering would be like kind of support to that main main like push you know um i really like what you said about this climate misinformation too or more a reason why we shouldn't be or why people don't really take action because especially with solar geoengineering it kind of gives people an excuse not to do anything Hmm. not to like stay uh passive and just let people in like labs and scientists take care of it right um, that was one of my big ways too. And if you want to expand on that, you could. No, absolutely. I think that just like, you know, the fossil fuel industry, um, definitely. I know you're really passionate you, about yes, that. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, for anyone who hasn't looked into it, um, I, I think that they win the award, um, for biggest, like, like there's been a lot, there's been a lot of injustices done around the world, but like they, they are pretty top of the list. Um, <laughs> just like pretty despicable. Um, and they have absolutely no problem, like you know, just kind of like continuing this like fossil fuel um, dependence in uh, a paper by uh, Theo Lekesne. So sorry, I know I'm butchering your last name, Theo. Um, But um, he actually like titled it like a petrohomogeny is what we live in. And I feel like that trying to get that away from the industry, like if they can see any out, they'll take it. But at the same time, like I also totally recognize that like we kind of have limited solutions. And I think that ultimately like like, that this, like, should only be used, like, if it's in coordination with, like, with, like, oh, like, we're doing carbon capture. Like, that right. needs to be ramped up. Like, anything that the IPCC has shown is, like, is, like, that needs to be, like, way higher than it is. Like, they're expecting, mm-hmm. like, pretty industrial, like, scale um, carbon removal. So, I think, I think that that's, like, you know, I think it's definitely, like, the, the research, like, is so worth looking into. But I also think that we, we have we have other cards up our sleeve, but we should we should make sure that it's one of them. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's It shouldn't be our first. It shouldn't be our first card, but it, it's definitely. not our it's not our ace. But, you know, it's a high it's, it's a high it's guard. There, okay? it's, it's there, there. in case like emergency. Right. Yes. Yeah. All right. So do we have any concluding thoughts to wrap up? Um, yeah, I honestly think that my concluding thoughts are that, um, as with this, as with anything, um, critically think about it and Mm -hmm. listen to like 
all um sides of kind of like the story like I think it's like could be a very scary thing if it got into like the hands of a few people so it needs to be very like it needs to be more of a public action kind of choice and there needs to be like publicly funded like very transparent research around it right alongside um like meaningful climate action and I think that then I feel I feel better yeah same here I think there has to be more transparency and more of public involvement in this kind of topic because ultimately it's a global like issue right so everybody really has to know what's going on and it's up to them if they want to implement solar geoengineering coming into the future or not yeah yeah absolutely all right well ren that's our time so we'll see you next time all right bye-bye